In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the words of my lips and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God and Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Our text is the Old Testament reading appointed for this second last Sunday in the church here. Zephaniah chapter 1 verses 7 to 16. Be silent before the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is near. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice and consecrated his guests. And on the day of the Lord's sacrifice, I will punish the officials and the king's sons. Wail, O inhabitants of the mortar, for all the traitors are no more. All who weigh out silver are cut off. I will punish the men who are complacent. The great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty man cries aloud there. A day of wrath is that day, a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet blast and battle cry against the lofty battlements. This is our text. A cold winter is coming. You don't know exactly what day, but if you have children who walk to school, or if you have a walk to work yourself, or you have a job that requires you to spend some time outside, you don't wait until the morning news tells you that it's going to be a wind chill of 10 below. By that time, it's too late. So you prepare for that day beforehand. Similarly, the prophet Zephaniah tells God's people that the day of the Lord is coming, a day of sacrifice, a day of wrath and anguish, a day when sin will be punished, a day when Jerusalem will see the Lord's judgments. Note that the scene of the action appears to be Jerusalem. And like a siege before the very walls of Jerusalem, Let's meditate on the prophet's message. That day is coming. Prepare for it. Now that day will come at the end of this life. When we die, we will be judged. As it is written in the letter to the Hebrews, it is appointed for man once to die, then comes the judgment. When you or I come to the end of our earthly life, the next thing we will be conscious of will be the judgment day, the day Zephaniah is speaking of. We speak, the Bible speaks, of death as a sleep. And those who have died in the faith have fallen asleep in Christ. We will awaken when the Lord comes, when the trumpet sounds. But if the Lord returns before we die, we will see the judgment. This life will end for us at that moment. As St. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. 
and there will be an accounting. These last several weeks in the church year, the lessons are taken from Matthew chapter 24 and 25. The parable of the talents in today's reading. How have we used what God has given? We will be held to an account. And I suppose that's a good message as we prepare our pledges of time, talent, and treasure, how we intend to serve the Lord in the year ahead. Last week was the lesson of the wise and foolish virgins, and the whole point is, have you prepared for what's coming? Have you prepared for the Lord's return? Or will you miss out on the rejoicing that belongs to the wedding feast of the Lamb? Next week's reading is from Matthew 25, his account of the final judgment where Christ climaxes and says, as you've done to others, you've done to me. And at that time, we will appear before the Lord. And as our text says, you will be silent before the Lord God. For he will speak, he will tell us how it is, apart from our rationalizations or self-deception. Oh sure, we can rationalize, we can kid ourselves, we can fool ourselves. But on that day, God will tell us how it really is. He will expose the secrets of our hearts. He will compare what we have professed with our lips with what we have done with our time. In that day of wrath, what hope is there? Well, that day broke in upon human history. Strange as it may sound, the eternal broke into the temporal when God became man in Christ Jesus. The word who created all things, the word by whom all things were made, became flesh and dwelt among us for a time. And he came to Jerusalem, the scene of God's judgment. Outside the walls, he bore the judgment of God. He was the sacrifice that the Lord has prepared. And in token, beforehand, he cleansed the temple. You recall the words of our text, traitors are no more, all who weigh out silver are cut off. The merchants and the money changers were cast out of the Lord's temple in token that he was going to fulfill this prophecy from Zephaniah. That the day of the Lord's judgment would break out on that day. He shamed both the Romans and the Jewish establishment who had to finagle and lie to one another in order to get him killed. And on that week before he died, he spoke of the destruction of Jerusalem and of the temple that would follow within 40 years, within that very generation. That's why in the Lord's discourse, you see in Matthew 24, as well as in Mark 13 and the parallel passages, the destruction of the world, the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, the persecution of Christians, the signs of the end, they're all rolled together in those discourses. 
because the judgment of the last day breaks in upon human history from time to time. And that day itself was shrouded with darkness, particularly from the sixth hour to the ninth. You recall our Good Friday celebrations of the Treore, the three hours from twelve until three, when Christ was on the cross and the sun was veiled. That was judgment day. Our sin was judged that day. Christ himself bore the judgment that fell upon our sin. All who are joined to him are therefore judged already. They are judged innocent. For he has taken our judgment upon himself. You may recall the message from a week or two ago. He who believes is judged already. He who believes has passed from death to life. And this is our preparation for that final day when this world is consumed in flame. First, that we acknowledge our sins. We acknowledge our need for a Savior. As it says in the old hymn, I lay my sin on Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God. Second, to be joined to Christ. He has instituted holy baptism that we might be baptized into his death, that even as he has lived a new life, we too might enjoy resurrection to walk in that faith, for baptism is not a once, you do it once and forget about it, but rather the beginning of a saving relationship, a confidence in the God who saves. This is expressed by calling on the name of the Lord, as the prophet Joel says, on the last day, those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can you call on one whom you do not know? How can you call upon the name where you don't know the reputation? That's why walking with the Lord is so important. That's why hearing His Word, growing in it, is so essential. Live under the Lordship of Christ, the Kingdom of God. That's what He came to proclaim. And what is the Kingdom of God? It's where new desires lead to new obedience. A growing in faith, a growing in understanding, a growing in practice of the things we know are right and pleasing to our God. And this leads us to deal with unfinished business in our lives. Now what you may regard as important business is not necessarily what God regards as important business. You may feel you ought to finish painting the fence. But God wants you to make peace with your neighbor. He wants you to forgive and receive forgiveness. That's the unfinished business that receives priority. To be people of peace and to make peace with those around us. For God has called us to make peace 
and be people of peace. Even as we struggle to resist the influences of the world, our flesh, and the devil. And there is an immediacy to this. For the day of the Lord is as close as winter. We see the signs all around. Signs that warn us to be prepared. The day of the Lord is not far away as some would have it, but it's always close at hand. For we are daily walking on the edge of eternity. And you and I both know people who have suddenly slipped off the edge and gone to the Lord's judgment. It could happen to you or to me. It could happen to us all at once before evening. Either way, we are to be prepared through our union with Christ, our knowledge of His atonement, and insofar as we know the Lord and know that He has taken our sins, we walk not in fear but in confidence that when the day comes for us, we are shielded by the Savior's blood and dressed for that day in His robes of righteousness. May the judgment Christ bore on the day of the cross prepare you for eternal life when we are called to that final day. Amen. Amen. And may that peace of God that surpasses our understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.